We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of Talking Halos. I am your host today, Jared Timms, and I am joined alongside my co-host, my partner in crime, Nate. You don't have a mute button, I do today. Nate, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, I get to be inside today, so hopefully there's no wind or any background noise, which makes this a lot better. Definitely, definitely. And I, I'm excited to talk today. I know the Angels are playing as we are doing this podcast here. We're doing it a little bit earlier because you are back in Kansas City still doing your job you're on business and yes. I, and I air quote business because you're not really on business you're not doing anything you're going to a you're going to a Chiefs game you're going to a you know you're not you're not on business I get it and you don't gotta you don't have to I'm lie to me I'm on business you know in training for nine hours a day but I, I did extend my stay two days so I could go to the Chiefs Chargers game on Sunday so as of this weekend, I won't be on business. Well, so be it. I mean, that's that's fantastic, Nate. Congratulations with your business trip. I'm I'm excited for you. And Nate, let's just start it off with this. I I love reading our reviews. I really do. I read it. I read it to you beforehand, and you were dying at this one. And I don't know who it is. Uh, whoever it is, if you want to come on the show and talk with us, that'd be fantastic. I I would love to. Love to bring you on and and see if we can get your one star review to a five star review. I I really would love to love to talk to you about it and 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 see if we can come to a compromise about it. And I like I said I don't know who you are, you know. And, and the name on here is Reed Det, so I, I hope it's not Reed Detmers because I wouldn't want to piss off Reed Detmers. I really wouldn't. Hey, I would love it if it was Reed Detmers. <laughs> I mean, yes, I would too. That Reed Detmers is listening to the show, but I, I don't think he is. But this person had he had a great. I mean, we were laughed at it. We laughed at him, and I I enjoy reading our comments. Like I said, but he said, "Poor Nate. Uh, Nate has great comments to add, but Jared is so good at commu- at continuing to talk without saying anything." Yikes! Wish I had a one way mute button. Damn. I, like I said, if if you if you are still listening to this podcast and you gave us that one star review, 
and somehow, like I said, are still listening to this podcast and want to jump on with us, shoot us, shoot me a message. I, you probably follow me on on Twitter, Jared underscore Tim's. Shoot me a message. Let me know it was you. I, I don't. Like I said I don't care. I'm not offended by any means. I, I just I love it. I think it's funny. I I know we laughed at it a little bit, Nate. I, I like I said I thought that you were the one that was being criticized here when we first started because of like you know the the sound issue that we've had before. But I feel like we've gotten that taken care of. But yeah, you know it's a, it's a good one. You know, Nate, do do we need a mute button for me? Do we need like something to make me stop topic stop talking at some point? Only when you get going about how the angels are supposed to be good in uh, in February when we talk, and I tell you that not to get your hopes up because this is still the angels and we know how this thing works. So that's the only time I'll give you a mute button when you're telling me that they're going to win ninety plus games, and I'm sitting here saying <laughs> just watch them win seventy six games like every other year. I love it. I love it. And also, uh, tip the cap to A. Hughes497 for giving us a nice comment. I don't need to read that one. I, I, I know we need got to come out on more of a consistent basis, and we're working on it right now. So we appreciate it. And, guys, as always, if you want to leave us a review or you know just give us a five-star review if you think we deserve it, you, you can do that at, at, I believe, anywhere that you listen to our podcast. Uh, go subscribe to this podcast real quick. We, we enjoy all of the followers and listeners to this podcast, we, we really do appreciate it. And, and thank you for it. Follow us on all our social medias on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can follow myself at Jared underscore Tim's on Twitter. And you can follow Nate. Go complain to him at NateGreen34. And guys, just give us one second to pay the bills. Hey everyone, before we start, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or, if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is a perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive cover art, personalized, Q&As of Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and you name all the other ones. You got them. Okay? The best part is you can get all this for only 15 bucks a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports podcasting experience. Acceptance in the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com forward slash join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more. That's bwhustle.com slash join. All right, Nate, let's continue with not necessarily talking about the Angels, but making it relevant to the Angels because, I mean... For all intents and purposes, the season is is fairly over. It's it's fun to watch all these kids play, like we've mentioned before. But but we can make other things fairly relevant to to the Angels. And the first thing that I think we both want to talk about. And I was sitting here watching the Rays play play the Jays, and thought like, how do the Rays consistently do it? You know, like what is what is their key? Because they were talking about Michael Waka coming out of the bullpen and. Again, I, I haven't watched too much of the Rays this year, and I, I haven't looked up Rays' stats. But I would assume Michael Walker normally doesn't come out of the bullpen, or he didn't with the Mets, and he didn't with the Cardinals as much. But the fact that Michael Walker is coming out of the bullpen, and, and I would assume is having a decently good year, and I know their bullpen hasn't been the best in, in Tampa, they're doing something crazy. And, and same thing, you wanted to mention the Giants as well, and that's Farhan who came from, from Tampa, and I think it's that ta- Tampa... 
mentality and the Dodgers are kind of the same way and they everybody just does it differently. You know, what what do we think they do differently than the Angels that make them winners year in and year out? Well, first of all, with uh, with Waka, um, I, I do believe he came out of the bullpen as, you know, someone opened for him a couple times this year. Uh, they got the Tino back. They've got all these young guys who are coming up, so I think it's smart to move him to the pen. He's He's been good. Uh, he's been hurt a little bit, so really just give them another opportunity to uh, keep him healthy. Um, and probably move him to a role that he will be in in the, in the postseason, which I think is a big thing. I don't think enough playoff teams do this. They love to say, hey, we're going to throw you on three days rest in the postseason, or hey, we're going to throw you three straight days out of the bullpen, and these guys have never done it before. It's like, how about we uh, kind of work with them a little bit and say, hey, you're going to throw three days in a row, we'll give you two days off because that's what you're going to get in the playoffs. But we want to see if you can do it and how you do and how you respond with your body and everything, so we know when we get into October what we can do with you. Uh, but I, I do think it's an interesting point you bring up with what the Giants, the the Rays, and the Dodgers do, and you know it, it just frustrates me to watch you know the Giants, the Dodgers, and the Rays, and they go pick up a guy who's a career two two twenty hitter, a career six ERA guy, and he turns into an all star. It's like, what? Why are we getting guys that are used to be good, haven't been good in a while, and they're really bad for us. So it, it's really interesting to watch how these guys really do what they do. I think a perfect example of that this year, Hunter Strickland. You know, he, he was very good with Tampa, came to Anaheim, I think pitched maybe three innings, maybe maybe five innings, if I'm not mistaken. Might have even been ten, but yeah. It's a perfect example of what, what happened. Like Most of you guys are like probably sitting here and saying, Oh yeah, Hunter Strickland was an angel this year, and he was bad. Like, go look at what he did with Tampa, and then go look with, at what he's done with Milwaukee. Milwaukee is it Milwaukee? He's been good. Yeah, he's been good. It's 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 unbelievable. And Milwaukee's that same way too. I was having a conversation last night with somebody, and that was one of the teams that that we brought up, and it was like I would love to go play for for Milwaukee, not just because uh, the winning mentality and, and and everything there, but Craig Council's unbelievable. They have a great coaching staff, and they want to go out there and win year in and year out, and it's. It's just a fun place to play there. So I, I just, I don't know. I don't really know if I have an answer. I don't know if it's development. I don't know if it's coaching. I don't know. I just don't know what it is. It feels like the Angels have just been in this rut for a while. And, I mean, we can point fingers at who we actually think it is. And I, I think we we can, we know who we actually think it is. And I don't think that has a huge factor into what we're really talking about, the player development side of things. And, and such like that, but I think that at some point we will find out that it might have a decently big factor. And I like I, said, I don't want to bring him up into this. Well, the one thing that I I can't say without pointing fingers is the Angels were in the news probably what three or four months ago for for being very bad with how how they treat their minor leaguers. I guarantee you, you go to Tampa, you go to the Dodgers, you go to uh, I know Toronto, uh, you go to the Giants this year. They don't treat their minor leaguers badly. I, I bet you they do everything they can to make sure that these guys can play to the best of their ability every single day. So when they get to the big leagues, they have enough money and they're ready to go and uh, able to play at a high level. So I, I do think that that could be a, a big, big deal that some of these teams are starting to realize, like, hey, we do have to give some money to these kids. We do have to make sure that they have a good night's sleep. We do have to make sure they have a nutritious meal so they can stay healthy and perform at the best level they possibly can every single day. 
110%. I and I I 100% agree with you. I think that I think we've talked about Artie being a very very good businessman. Like unbelievably good. Like what he's done with the Angels even now, you know, what he's done with the Angels turning him into what what they are from what they were with Disney. You know, I mean World Series. And I know the Angels haven't won and, and such like that, but what what Artie has done from a business standpoint has been quite unbelievable and and me being a fairly big business person as well, and I think you as well, the number one thing that I think we learn as business is invest in your future. Invest invest in what you believe in, and I think that is a perfect example of what teams need to do and what teams are doing that are good now, if that makes sense. Like I, yeah, absolutely. I, tr- I truly believe that the Dodgers, um, the Rays, all of those teams that are seeing – such good product on the field are really investing into their into their future and 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 if I can also bring up the evil empire the yankees if that's even what you really want to call them yes they go out there and they spend a lot of money but i think they invest in their future as well and and we we've seen that i think they're the the main I don't think they get enough credit honestly like they spend a lot of money yes but they spend a lot of money on their own guys they're they're very good about hey we we developed a lot of these guys. We are going to put a lot of money into them because we've developed them and we believe in them. Uh, yeah, they do go get a guy or two every now and then, but I, I think the Yankees don't get enough credit for what they do. I mean, you look at the guys that they've brought up over the years. I mean, they've had Robinson Cano homegrown. They've had Derek Jeter homegrown, Mariano Rivera, Bernie Williams, um, Aaron Judge is homegrown. Um, they, they just have so many guys that are homegrown or that are young guys that they trade for that become really good. And it's like, yeah, you want to you want to criticize them for their huge payroll. But honestly, most of their payroll is going to guys they, they had the whole time. It's like, hey, we don't want to lose Aaron Judge. We're going to give him a big contract so he doesn't go anywhere. And I think they don't get enough credit for that. 100%. And I, I agree. I think that you know we the good teams that are there year in and year out are investing in their future. They really are. The... I would assume that most players, all the players, and this is just my assumption, are not staying in their cars, are not staying in motorhomes, are not, you know, they they don't, they aren't worried about where their next meal's coming from. It's it's just kind of one of those things, and I, I that's that's a, to the extent that I you really want to get into it at this moment. I yeah, we may have some guests come on and, and speak about it in the future. I don't know. So just kind of, you know, stay into that. I don't know if I really want to dig into that. It's it's not my place to, to jump into that. I think that's too political for, for this podcast. And if we have guests on that want to talk about it and they want to bring it up, I'm 100%. I, I, I would love it. I would love to speak with them and see what they have to say about it. But, again, I'm not there. I, I'm I'm a second-hand person to this. You know, I, I just see it from the outside. You know, I, I've, I've seen – stuff from the outside and then you know it's just not it's not my place so uh, so I don't I don't really want to talk about it so let's actually talk about some actual angel stuff and Jack Mayfield just hit a home run as we're sitting here and doing this podcast and that's kind of the next guy that I want to talk about Phil Gosselin or Jack Mayfield if you had to bring had to bring one of them back would you bring one of them would you bring either one of them back and, and if so which one Honestly, personally, for me, I wouldn't bring either one of them back. If I had to pick one, I would take Phil Gosselin over Jack Mayfield. 
Um, there's a reason Jack's been designated multiple times this year, not only by the Angels, by the Astros, by the Mariners, uh, by the Braves, and just continues to, to get picked up each time. I think Phil Gosselin makes makes a lot of sense just from he plays a little bit better defense than Jack. He hits a little bit better than Jack. Um, Mayfield just kind of feels like a guy who gets hot every now and then, and people get super excited, like, oh, hey, he's pretty good. And it feels like Gosselin's kind of been the same guy the whole year where, yeah, he, he did get a little hot and kind of cooled off, but for the most part, he's been sitting around that 260 to between 250 and 270 average the whole year. A little bit of pop, played pretty good third base. Um, and I think he's used to the role he's been in where he's played in the, the big leagues a, a little bit more than Jack, and he's able to just kind of accept the role of, hey, I might only play twice a week, but when I play twice a week, I might play at second, I might play at third, I might play in the outfield, but I know I'm going to help the team. So if I had to pick one, it would be Phil Gosselin. Um, I wouldn't bring back either one of them, though, in my opinion. I feel like at some point, Phil Gosselin was absolutely crushing lefties. Am I wrong with that? He, he was crushing everyone. I, okay. I know there was a point where he was hitting like 280 with, with some pop, and then he, he got a little cold, but he's been fairly consistent ever since then. Like, um, I, I, I want to say he was up to 280, and now he's down to like 265, 270. So, like, he's been right around that the whole year. Where Jack was, I think Jack was down all the way to 170 or something like that. It was a, a little bit of a time where it was like, has this guy gotten a hit in three weeks? And then he has three weeks where he hits, or he has five days where he hits four home runs and, you know, gets eight hits, and you're going, oh my gosh, like, maybe he's figured it out, and then he goes back to, you know, whatever he's been doing. Yeah, I'm with it. I think they're both, you know, good depth pieces that if the Angels were healthy this year, we probably would, wouldn't would have seen either one of them. And, and I think it's kind of fortunate enough that we did because, you know, we've seen... Gosselin and and Mayfield become, in a sense, fan favorites, and it, it's kind of nice to see that. You know, it's kind of nice to see the fans get attached to to players like this, and and it's something that you know fans really haven't had a lot. Like I was big into like the JB Shucks of the world, and and Kevin Franzen to really throw it back there. <laughs> I, Rob I, Quinlan, Rob Quin- Reggie I, Willits. Rob Quinlan almost won Rookie of the Year. Let's let's be fair here with that. But hey, you're bringing it back, and you know Rob Quinlan was a very good role player for the Angels. 100. percent That's what the Angels, and that's what the Angels need. And I, I think that that's like that's like the first key to creating a winner is having that good depth. You know, at, at some point where those guys can step in and. And if we want to bring it back to our previous conversation and, and and what we talked about, you know, with with the with the Yankees and Dodgers and those type of teams where they just pull guys up and all of a sudden they're producing, you know, that's very that's that's unbelievable depth and it's it's a good thing that that those teams have it. And I think again that's that's a step in the right direction for the Angels that Phil Gosselin has kind of stepped up and and played eighteen different positions this year and and. <laughs> You know, has has been able to contribute to the team and Jack Mayfield, Cap, Captain Jack, for a little while there. He's had more home runs than Shohei Otani after the All Star break. He might still actually have that. So I don't know. It's just fun to see that, in in my opinion. And I don't know. You know, it's I, I'd like to see Stefanik up too. Yeah, I know. We know, we know that's your guy. Uh, I know. I know. I, I I have to. I got to bring it up. So 
Let's talk a little bit more about, and this is not Angel related either. I, I just kind of want to bring this up because I think it's a baseball thing. And I think that a lot of people, I think it happens to a lot of teams. And I think that not a lot of people see it because of behind closed doors. But when it's in the dugout and people get video of it and John Boy does stuff on it, I think that then it becomes big. So let's talk about the Fernando Tatis Manny Machado moment. And I know we kind of have an inside edge on that. I know you do, and you have the inside edge on it. And it's 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 a lot of fun. If nobody's seen it, actually, I'm not even going to recap it. Everybody has seen the Machado Tatis incident. If you haven't, go go watch the John Boy. It's it's a lot of fun. And you really got to kind of tip the cap to Manny Machado, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. And and to speak about how often this happens. I mean, you saw Jeff McNeil and Francisco Lindor probably get into something like this early on in the season. So this does happen in every every clubhouse at some point. Sometimes it's in the clubhouse and not during the actual game, like uh, the Machado and Tatis incident. But um, yeah, this this was definitely a, a a really good thing that Manny Machado did, and I think it's something that a lot of baseball fans are just kind of like, "Wow, Manny Machado did that!" Like. He was kind of known as like the villain of the MLB for a good three or four years there. Yeah, yeah, and and the comments that have come out about it after that Machado said really make him look good, and I, I really want him to be that type of guy. And I, you know, you, you've talked to people in the in the Padres organization, and we talked about this before that that say that just Manny Machado is a is an uber competitor. He just wants to go out there and win, and and he doesn't have, to my, to my knowledge, he doesn't have a World Series ring, does he? No, he had the opportunity with the Dodgers uh, when he was the villain, and they lost to the Red Sox. But uh, the Orioles, they were playoff teams, but never a World Series team, and now he's been with the Padres. So yeah, I, actually, so I I was talking with um, a guy in the in the front office with the Padres and. That was kind of one of my first questions I asked him because um, I was starting to talk to him about guys on the team and like who's a good guy who's who's kind of tough to be around and one, the first guy I asked about was Manny Machado. I go, how is he? You know, is, is he a tough guy to be around? Is he is he kind of uh, not the nicest person in the clubhouse? You know, this and that. And he actually, to my surprise, because you know I knew him as the guy who threw his bat, the third baseman, the guy who um, purposely. Or on, or on accident, spiked, uh, what's his name? Uh, I, I, I'm blanking on it. I think it was the Red Sox. But, um, oh, no, it was the Brewers. But anyway, so that's what I'm asking. And he goes, no, honestly, like, Manny's been the, the best guy ever. Like, one of the best teammates, super, super competitive, always wants to win. He'll do whatever it takes to win baseball games. Uh, and he's also, like, one of the hardest workers on the team. Like, he's out there getting around balls before games, after, like, whatever. He always wants to get better, and he's pushing his teammates to be better. And honestly, he said that without Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis Jr. would not be as successful as he has been because Machado has really taken him under his wing and been like, hey, bro, this is how we do things. This is what it's like to be a professional. I played shortstop in the big leagues. I've played third base in the big leagues. This is how we do things. So it was... I was very, very surprised when I heard that. I kind of thought I was going to hear, yeah, like, he's honestly one of the worst teammates. Like, we got him because we needed a big name, and, you know, it was going to help sell tickets. And it's been a surprise on how great he's been of a teammate. Yeah, that that excites me. You know, like, and, and the guy, the name you were looking for was 
uh, Jesus Aguilar, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So I and I that excites me. I like when guys, you know, kind of flip the switch and become good guys, you know, and and not to make Fernando Tatis the bad guy here <laughs> because he's not. You know, Fernando's out there having fun and he's like Manny was saying, the best, one of the best players in baseball. I mean, if you want to say he's the face of baseball, go ahead and do it because I, I'm, I have no issue with that because I, I, I think he is unbelievable. I know Shohei Otani's the man and and everything like that, but yeah, we don't need to get onto that conversation at all. But it, it was very interesting, and, and like we said, everything happens for a reason. Everything teams have this happen every single year, and and I think we've seen it. I don't know, do we, maybe we don't see with the Angels as much because of, in a sense, the lack of leadership? Yeah, I, I don't think they have that go-to guy like some of these other teams do. And honestly, it, it's funny to me that, that this happened because I was watching the Padres play the Dodgers in a heated rivalry game uh, probably two weeks beforehand. And Machado's on second base, down, down four runs in like the eighth inning. Um, I know Machado's close to being a 40-40 guy or a 40-30 guy. Um, and he tries to steal third base with a lefty up down like three or four in the eighth inning against the Dodgers in a game they need, and his run means absolutely nothing. And I remember turning to my buddy and saying, wow, that is a very selfish eye guy move. And, you know, he's in the Padres org, so he was a little like, hey, 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 can't be saying that. And I was like – I I don't have anything against Fernando Tatis Jr. Like, but really, what what do you gain by stealing third base there? A, a number? You already got paid. There's no reason to do that. You get thrown out there. Uh, it might have been a three-run game at the time or a two-run. It was a two- or three-run game at the time. So his run literally meant nothing. And then all of a sudden you see Machado really put him in his place two weeks later and say, hey, like, we can't be doing that, you know? You're one of the best players. We need you on the field. And, like, I know you're frustrated, but you cannot do that. And I just thought it was amazing leadership by Manny Machado to really hone him in and be like, hey, bro, it's not all about you. This is a team. We had a goal before the year to go win a World Series. That, that was the goal. And right now, you are not part of the goal. You're, you're about yourself. And you need to get back on board with us because we want to go win a World Series. We still have a shot. And I just thought that was really, really cool to see Manny Machado step up. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And that's the kind of the college attitude. And we both played college baseball, and we both we both understand it. That's the college attitude that I think a lot of players lack. And I think a lot of – I love the island baseball. I really do. I love every aspect of it. But I don't think that that type of – baseball gets translated there if if you know what i mean without saying it in a bad way because i love i love puerto rican baseball i love dominican baseball i love venezuelan baseball i think it's a lot of fun i think it's a bahaman baseball it's it's jamaican baseball like any type of island baseball that's being played down there is 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 so much fun to me and everything that happens i mean i've been to a dominican against venezuelan world baseball classic game and that was an absolute blast. You know, the fans are going back and forth and back and forth. But it doesn't feel like there's as much leadership. It's just pure baseball ability. And I'm fine with that. You know, that there's, there's a t- place for that and there's a time and place for that. But when you get to the dog days of the season and where we're at now, leadership for sure needs to be there. And I think that 
in a sense, that's kind of what lacks in that style of baseball, if that makes sense to me, without making it without making me out to being a bad guy. Well, it's funny, too, because you look at the guys the Angels have from an offensive perspective. We won't even get to the get to the pitching perspective because I think we talked about this over the over the offseason. I think they need a Jared Weaver type guy who's who's going to go out there, take the ball and be a bulldog and really lead that that pitching staff. But when you look at who they had offensively going into the year, they had Albert Pujols, who is not really known as a leader. He's been in the league for 18 years. And, like, that was never anything that anyone said about Albert Pools. No one was out there saying, hey, this guy's an amazing leader, amazing teammate. Like, there were rumors of him being a good teammate, but not not that kind of teammate. And there were rumors of him being a bad teammate. So you, you don't even know what kind of guy he was personally. Um, the last real leader the Angels had, I think it was Torrey Hunter. Like, that's the last guy I really can remember them having who was, like, a real leader on and off the field. Mike Trout's not really that guy. He likes to kind of go about his business and and do whatever it takes to win and kind of be quiet. Anthony Rendon's very similar to that. Um, David Fletcher's not going to lead anything there. That's not really his role. Um, So, yeah, I think Torrey Hunter was the last real leader the Angels have had. And it's it's just a shame that they haven't found that guy. Yeah, I've said this for a while, and, and we can wrap this up right after this. I think that the biggest mistake that Artie Moreno and the Angels have made is letting Tory Hunter go. I, I really do. And nothing against Albert Pujols either. I think he's a leader. I think, you know, this is my argument for anything Albert Pujols ever. Look at who stands next to him before every single game at, in an Angels jersey. It was Mike Trout. And I, I, like I said, if, if you want to say that Mike Trout was groomed by Albert Pujols and, and to start with Torrey Hunter, that, that's, that's who Trout actually, I think, was starting to be groomed by. But, but Albert Pujols was the guy that was, in a sense, grooming Mike Trout, in, in our opinions, I, I think, right? Yeah, but I think there's a difference between grooming one player and being a leader of a whole team. Oh, and I think Torrey Hunter was 100% the leader of the entire team. Yeah, he also was grooming Mike Trout. Yeah, he was helping with the younger guys. But he was the leader in that clubhouse. If they had a game that they had to win, if it was game 163, 100% Torrey Hunter would have been the guy on the top step saying, hey, boys, let's go do what we need to do. He was going to be the guy to give the speech beforehand and say, hey, we're going to go win this one for each other. We're going to go find a way to get into the playoffs, and we're going to go make a run at this thing. I don't see Albert Pujols doing that. That's just not really who he is. Mike Trout's not that guy either. Um, and, and we know Rendell's really not that guy uh, as well. He's had Harper to kind of do that for him his entire career. So that's the guy that they've been missing. Um, and, and I'm a huge Torrey Hunter fan, so that's why I'm uh, talking about Torrey Hunter so much. But they, they definitely have needed that guy. And I think they were hoping Dexter Fowler was going to be that guy. Um, and, and he just unfortunately went down with a torn ACL early and it just kind of ruined the chance of possibly having a, a, a real leader on this team. And honestly, I don't know if that's the right guy, but at least it was a step in the right direction. Well, 100%, especially with how young this team is. And and I think that Dylan Bundy kind of played that role in the rotation. I think he still kind of is with all these young guys and kind of showing them, you know, the ropes. I, I think that I think that what we're talking about right now is such an underappreciated thing in baseball that – you know, so many people just don't think about it and, and don't like 
they think that it's just such such a like a non-factor but it's it's so true like the angels you look at where Tory Hunter went after with the angels and you look at that twins twins year that twins team if I'm not went to the Tigers right after did he go to the Tigers he might have yes he he did go to the Tigers and that was three of the best teams the Tigers have had in in team history 100% and that was those were the years like they were in the playoffs they were they were fun to watch. It was him, Miguel Cabrera. Like they were having a lot of fun. Those teams were great. Yes. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm a hundred percent with that. I, I like that Tory Hunter Tigers team. But I, I'm thinking about when he went back to to Minnesota. That one year, I think. I yeah, think the they, very last year of his career. Did they go to the playoffs that year? Because it was like, because um, it was like that kind of that weird year for the Twins where they had a lot of young guys coming up: the Eddie Rosarios, the Jorge Polancos. Byron Buxton Byron was on that Bucks, team as well. Exactly, the Byron Buxtons of the world. I feel like they had a really good first half, and they was like, oh, the Twins are, are doing something big, and it's like, why are the Twins this good? And and you look at who they had, and it's like, well, this makes sense, this makes sense. And, and then Torrey Hunter's there, and, and you know it just makes it makes even more sense. Like To wrap this whole thing up, I just think that, that, that the leadership aspect and that intangible is just so underappreciated in in this game and it, sports in general too yeah absolutely so. uh, i i would love to see a jared weaver come back and, and really help that that pitching rotation too because he was a bulldog they needed so um but yeah well i mean hey, you, you let's you want to dream on max scherzer coming to the angels next year that, go ahead and do that, that would be the that would be the guy oh that that would be that would be so much fun you know to, to stay away from the fan side of things right now for me or actually to jump on the fan side of things oh max <laughs> max scherzer would be so much fun that would be a yeah. lot of fun just to watch him favorite every... pitcher favorite oh. pitcher in baseball to watch 100 by far 100 so nate any final thoughts before we uh, let everybody go um no just just really excited to be back and uh looking forward to, to getting back on every single day yeah minus your uh, little excursion to kansas city I'll still be seeing, on. Seeing the Chiefs play for some reason. Uh, yeah. No, Nate, you have fun out there, man. Guys, if uh, if you guys had any topic ideas, just wanted to you know just throw out a comment, or we're going to get back to letting people join us here on Talking Halos real soon. Uh, send me a message on Twitter, Jared underscore Tims. You can email us at TalkingHalos at gmail.com. That'll go straight to Derek, the GM, the CEO of Talking Halos. I knew he was doing a lot of Rams podcasts, so... If you are looking for a good Rams podcast, go ahead and listen to Derek and those guys. I, I haven't listened for a little while, but when I did, they are great. I know all those guys there, and they, they do a fantastic job. So, guys, as always, thank you so much for listening, and have a great rest of your day. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.